0: Mother and child. the health of all women. Without her, women's psychology makes no sense. This wilder woman is the prototypical woman. No matter what culture, no matter what era, no matter what politic, she does not change. Her cycles change, her symbolic representations change, but in essence, she does not change. She is what she is and she is whole. She canalizes through women. If they are suppressed, she struggles upward. If women are free, she is free. Fortunately, no matter how many times she is pushed down, she bounds up again. Welcome back, listeners. This is Lee. You're listening to Fem South. Amaya is still on location in California, so she cannot join us, but we are going to continue. This is our second part of. Clarissa Pinkola Estes, Women Who Run With the Wolves. In this episode, we have two of my friends, Lucky and Kate, who will be joining us to talk about their favorite chapters in the book and special treat. Both of them are going to be reading a poem and singing a song. Lucky is actually a musician, and she has been very generous to share one of her original songs with us. Kate is also a poet, and she's going to be reading one of her poems. We hope that you enjoy.
1: It doesn't have to be complicated. Brain is working and it's overrun with thoughts of things and ways of how to make it. There's bills to pay and nothing left for fun. But it does it now. Easy does it now. Easy does it now. Mm-hmm. Is it does it now? Is it does it now? Is it does it now? Days are wasted and I feel like drinking. Nights are longer and I miss the sun. Life is draining and I feel like sleeping. Waking when the working day is done. But- is it does it now? 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 Is it now. Easy does it now? One, two, three. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. We've all been there, these emotions, it's this round. What you're feeling is okay, you're not alone. It's okay to feel what you're feeling, to each they own. And it doesn't have to be complicated, it's okay to just be who you are, Your dreams are yours for a reason, it can be simple, start from where you are and easy does it now, easy does it now, easy does it now. Mm-hmm. Is it does it now? Is it does it now? Easy does it now? Is it does it now? Is it does it now? Well is it does it now? Is it does it now? Easy does it now?
0: Just heard Lucky's song Easy Does It Now recorded right here in my studio for the very first time. Lucky is here with me now to talk about her favorite chapter in the book, Chapter Nine, Returning to Oneself. Chapter 9 is the story of the seal skin or the seal maiden. It's a story about a long time ago, a fisherman, a lonely fisherman, lived in a very, very cold climate. And one day as he's fishing and being really lonely, he comes across a group of women who are bathing or swimming, and he's enchanted by these women, and of course they're not normal women, they are seals who have turned into women, and he sees their sealskins lying around on the ground, and because he's so enchanted by them and so lonely, he decides to trap one of the women by stealing her sealskin. So, when she realizes, of course, that he has stolen her seal skin, she confronts him and he asks her to marry him, and he says that if he, if she would marry him, she, he will return her seal skin within seven years and let her go. And so, she decides to do this with him, and she lives with him for seven years. They have a child together, and I mean, it's, they seem to be doing fine, but over these, the course of these years, and as it gets closer to the, to the seventh year... She's starting to decay. Her skin is starting to dry up. Her eyes are becoming dull. She's having a hard time seeing. She's having a hard time moving around. And so physically, she really longs for her skin. And then as the seven years comes to an end, she begs him to give her her skin back. But of course, he thinks and knows that if he gives her his skin back, that she is going to leave him and go back into the sea. And so he will refuses to give it back to her. And so one night her son while he's sleeping is sort of mysteriously called towards the sea which turns out to be his seal grandfather and finds her seal skin and returns it to her. And he does this in in a very lovingly way but also he's afraid that she's going to leave him as well which she does as soon as she gets it. But she doesn't just leave him because of course she loves him and she so she brings him into the ocean with her and he gets to meet his seal grandfather and see this world her world but because he's still young and because he's not ready she does have to return him and so that's the sad part of the story is that she has to let him go so ultimately this story is about losing one's soul for clarissa it's about cycles and seasons and about women's energy and returning to our innate wild souls and returning home essentially to the soul which is a place to recharge so lucky how about you tell us just a little bit about yourself and then why you (laughs) like this story
2: a little bit about myself okay so i'm currently doing a tour and my musician name and my band name is actually called my fellow travelers but it's travel Hers, because it's female empowerment. I'm traveling by myself doing an original song with local musicians in every state in a week. And I've got right now I'm in Alabama. So I've got eight songs done. And I had for Florida uh, tomorrow.
0: And yeah, for our listeners, I just met Lucky today. <laughs> and how lucky am I? She was excited to talk about this book and come to my studio in my home and talk with me about this. And it sounds like the project that you're doing is massive and very empowering for women. Yeah. Or for yourself, very empowering for yourself and for women.
2: Both. Yeah. Both (laughs) things. Very much so. Yes. Okay. So this chapter then, why did this chapter speak to you? This chapter, it's really funny because I don't have a home. And I don't have an apartment. I don't have a storage unit. Everything I own is with me. So home for me is very different than home is for other people where they have stuff and they associate a house or an apartment or a person with a home. Home to me is me. It's wherever I go. I don't need a space to make a home. I I am my home in this body in this lifetime. So it was it was perfect. So this relates to the story because it's about Silkies and not only was she not necessarily taken from her home, which was under the sea, but she sort of was and she had her skin stolen from her, but she also agreed to it. And after she went through the different cycles of, of basically losing herself to find herself again, just to go back home, it's... Oh wow, it's it's so relatable because as I'm doing all of these things and I've been traveling for a long time now um, and running my own businesses and things, I've gone through different cycles of figuring out, is this what I want? Who who am I? And what makes what makes who I am? And with the home, a lot of people have tried to, like with her, like he, this this man, took her skin. And her skin was her seal skin, and that is what kept her from going back home, which was under the sea. So in this aspect, people have tried to hold on to me in many forms, and I still hear it. They're like, oh, well, maybe if you're home, maybe if you just had a home base. I hear that from so many people. Maybe if you just had, just trying to hold on to me, maybe you have, you had a home base. So you could just stay here and not go. Maybe you could stay here for a little while, and then you could travel from here, but always come back.
0: Is that because you're relationships where people want to keep you?
2: Yes, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even just relationships. It's friends as well. They're just like, oh, well, maybe you maybe you should have a home base or maybe you should think about settling down. And, and oh, of course, people I meet. As if that's going to
0: make you happy, as if you have to live that traditional lifestyle.
2: Exactly. Exactly. People when they're telling me this, they're just telling me what they want, not what I want.
0: Or what they think that they want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: It's because they want a home and they feel like they need to have a home. But that yeah. doesn't really relate to me.
0: So why doesn't that relate to you? What what shifted in your life at one point? I mean you had to have come from a home. So at some point you made a decision to Ooh. do something different. Well,
2: I I grew up moving. I went to nine different schools and I have lived over 40, 50 locations in my life already. And wow. uh, yeah, Was your
0: family military.
2: No, oh. no, they weren't. Mm-mm. They just moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And uh, I mean, I've lived all, all over the US. I've lived in Brazil. I've lived in Colombia. Um, so the the only place that has ever felt like home isn't even a place that I've been to many times. It's a place where my soul feels at home and it's New Orleans. And I was just there.
0: Oh. <laughs> New Orleans is a great place.
2: It is. I absolutely love it.
0: <laughs> so do you think being a woman makes this and the woman in the story makes it more of a concern for people
2: to pull you back into that framework? Oh, wow. With the woman in the story, it's funny because she, she chose it and she chose she chose it but she didn't he he didn't really give her a choice because he said do this do this i'm lonely do this for me and she though she had the choice he also had the power because she, he had the skin like she literally couldn't go home and be herself without it and oh man <laughs> it's like loaded very loaded so i th- i think that we As women go through many different things, and we sometimes allow people, whether we're uncomfortable branching out by ourselves, or we are just comfortable with people holding us because we're so used to that.
0: Do you think that you being a woman makes it different, that people are more... Concerned for your safety, for example, or concerned about your traditional role as a provider for the home or nurturer or something like that. Because if you don't even have a home base, then will you have kids? Will you, you know, what will your, what will your life be like?
2: People worry about me all the time. And they tell me so. And not necessarily uh, just friends. I have people ask me all the time, oh, so when are you having kids? And I'm like, I'm not. I I don't want kids. I don't want that traditional family. I, I'm not interested in that. I have a little brother and sister that I helped raise and I taught them how to tie their shoes and how to swim and how to cook, like all of those things. I've done that when I was young. That's nice. That's fine. And if some people would like that life, all power to them. But I don't. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yes. So people are always worried for my safety and all of a whole bunch of different things. I have two things mace. Like I have a really thick water bottle that's like inch thick glass. I'm prepared. And at the same time I've lived like when I lived in Brazil and Colombia, I did not get catcalled. I didn't get harassed. Uh, it was fine. And I walked alone by myself in Bogota, which is 9 million people. It, it's huge. It was fine. Only until I came back to the U.S. did I start getting catcalled and harassed. I've never gotten really? harassed. That's oh, interesting. The U.S. has been the the place where I get harassed the most, actually. It's been crazy. So, yeah, safety, What's your interesting stuff.
0: How do you you stand up to that harassment? I mean, how do you safeguard yourself against that kind of stuff?
2: I don't allow people to give me shit. Yeah, I'm not that passive woman that's going to let you come over by me and, and be, oh, yeah, well, it's so nice to talk to you. No, honey, you are way too much in my space. Get the fuck out of my space. This is, I am not this woman that you're used to. And I never will be. So if you sit too close to me and I don't like it, I will tell you. And if you don't like it, I don't care. (laughs) Good for you. That's how you get around. (laughs) That is how I get get around. And I think people are aware of that. (laughs) And you seem to be fearless. You must be fearless. I mean, I think everybody has fear. I just have such a wide comfort zone and I'm continuing to stretch that out. And I... I trust my intuition. If some if if my intuition tells me something's off, then I, I, I listen.
0: That's what we've been talking a lot about with this book. Wouldn't you say like one of the primary themes in this book is trusting your intuition. Have you always been so comfortable with your intuition or have had you had at some point in your <laughs> life had to work on it?
2: Oh, it was a constant working process. Uh, I'm super intuitive. And I'm very, very empathic. And it. And I'm also a scientist at heart. I love experimenting and and I love seeing what works and what doesn't and testing the intuition. And it's gotten to the point where I get a sign, I see things and I'm like, oh, no, I get it. I listen now. I'm done questioning that shit. I'm done. I know where things, I know what I want. If I set the intention, I'm like, okay, I want this now. Let's get it. And I follow the intuition of like, okay, well, go here. I'm like, well, that doesn't really make sense. Fuck it. Let's try it. Leads me always to where I want to go. Always. But it's, there's fear and then there's intuition and they are not the same thing.
0: And it seems like when you have a damaged intuition, you can't clearly see the difference between those two things.
2: Or you don't want to. Or you don't want to. Oh yeah. Because intuition is not necessarily going to lead you to somewhere that's completely comfortable. If you want something that's different than what you have, even good change is uncomfortable. So you have to take the take steps. So bringing it back to the story, she starts to change and wither away because she's strayed so far from herself that she physically changes. She she goes from this beautiful, luxurious woman to frail. And she loses a lot of weight and her eyes become dull when they were so lifeless. She let herself go and not in like the physical sense where men usually um, say, ah, she let herself go. It's she let her inner self. She let her soul, her fire. She let that go because that was her seal skin. And after a while, it, it showed on the outside so much that she almost became blind and she took it back she took it all back and she, she had to leave. She had to go back to herself because there's going back to intuition. It's there's always the calling. You can feel it. You, if you ask for something and you want to receive it, then you have to be willing to take the steps. And she had to get herself back and it took getting her skin back to, to just get back to herself. Powerful, beautiful stuff. And then it took her a little while, it took her seven days of being in the sea just to be herself so it might take some time that's okay that's all we have
0: (laughs) yeah and wanting to see some kind of physical results so but the process of either finding your intuition for the first time or healing damaged intuition can take time And for you, like to put yourself in all of these situations, all of these life lessons, traveling, meeting new people, going into different places that are so different. I mean, you're in Alabama. I'm in
2: Alabama. What's (laughs)
0: it been like coming to Alabama? Oh,
2: (laughs) you want me to be honest? I've been on the road. This is week nine. So I've been on the road. I'm also couch surfing the entire way or staying in my vehicle which I planned for. It's big enough for me to fit. I have a little makeshift bed back there. It's not even makeshift. I have I have everything I need. I have two comforters, a sleeping bag, two pillows, and a mattress topper as well as sheets. I'm fucking ready. Planner through and through. So coming here to Alabama, I was dead exhausted from being in New Orleans. I also didn't necessarily want to leave. I love, like I said, I, my soul is home. And I was like, well, I'm committed. I'm leaving. So I got here and it was it there's a lot of transition happening one I'm tired I'm hungry <laughs> um I a few days ago I got harassed by a guy here in Fairhope and that was not a good experience and it was very similar to the he like and I was like a zombie and all I wanted to do was work body language I was very much no don't do that he sat on my chair to get my attention older man like 50s 60s very uncomfortable then proceeded to try to see what he could do his words to get me out on a to eat dinner with him or some garbage like that and then tried to touch my hair yep so I just grabbed my stuff and I was like time to go and I left I literally just walked yeah so Alabama has sucked I'm gonna straight say it out straight out I I, it sucked until being here right now, I'm feeling more like a human and I've gotten sleep and I've gotten some productive work done because I also have another business I'm running besides doing the music in this tour. So overall, it's been not good.
0: <laughs> well, I hope we at least help with some of your perception of Alabama and your experience here. <laughs> and we have a lot of great musicians here. So hopefully you'll get to record your recording with a local musician here. Right? I
2: am. Yeah, that's why I'm here. That's okay. why I'm here at all. Yep. I'm sure it'll be good and Alabama's big. You know it's it's a big wide Alabama's area. big
0: and you came straight to Fairhope or did you venture N-
2: Nope. I came straight to Fairhope. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. It's funny that you came to Fairhope which is our bubble of a community that isn't like all of the rest of Alabama. We consider at least people that live in Fairhope consider themselves more progressive than others. We meet a lot of new people actually that travel from other places. And we've had several people in our group, including my co-host, Amaya, who's lived in California, come here and just struggle, you know, struggle with the Well, with the culture for one, but also people's response to them because they are different, because they Mm -hmm. might speak their minds more, especially for a woman to speak her mind in this area is in something that a lot of people are used to. And even with other women in our book club, you know, some of these women have had to tamper themselves just a little bit or at least explain themselves a little bit more Mm -hmm. because people are kind of like, what, what? When they see strong opinionated women. And this is what our podcast is trying to change is that women have been afraid to speak out and to resist and to whatever, just to stand in their own power in this area for a long time. Mm. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that I (laughs) met you today. Thank you for talking with me about this story. It's a wonderful story. And it sounds like it really resonates with your
2: experience. It does. It very much does. I literally heard Chapter Nine, and I was like, okay, here we go. Let's see what it's all about." And it was it, it was perfect, perfect for for this transition state.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the beauty of of Clarissa's book. It all the stories speak to so many different women in so many different stages of their lives mm. that it's it's so beautiful, I and mean, you make one of those books you keep by with you, I think, at all times you can keep coming back to and and every time you read a story, it, you may find something different in it that you didn't feel before.
2: Well, it's because you're at a new level and you've evolved past what you knew, so it's time to learn more stuff. you'll always see things that you didn't realize were there because you weren't ready for them
0: so lucky if people want to follow you in your journey and what you're doing,
2: how can they do that? okay, so I would love that you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and my website. I have a website. all the things um it's gonna be at my m y fellow f-e-l-l-o-w travel hers t-r-a-v-e-l-h-e-r-s and you'll see all of this stuff on there and i'm very transparent i'm not this person that just wears makeup 24 7 and looks perfect no you're gonna see like hey guys i am dead tired but i have to work this is what this real life stuff looks like and that's okay it's amazing in fact
0: hopefully i have some pictures of you and your really cute nintendo jacket that i love so much
2: that's actually my profile picture right now oh good i love it
0: okay well thank you so much lucky for being on the show with us
2: oh hell yeah thank you
0: you are listening to fem south a podcast that is dedicated to speaking up for women's rights in the south please stay tuned we'll be right back
3: She, by Kate Brugman. Love yourself because you are God, and what I mean by yourself is the manifestation of all that you are, the many different people that you morph into at a whim, in a biological effort to remain a part of the tribe, mannerism to mannerism, hiding inside of another, your mother's voice when you sing, your father's damning tone when self judgment has set in. Your sisters balance between both. Shine, the word you used as an affirmation yesterday, is at the essence of owning your power and voice. Change, the transformative power of choice, and know that you will always hear echoes of your formative people. Trust that the love of God is more powerful than any fling or whim of change embodied, forming into the woman you've always wanted to be. God is the people, the plants, the animals, not the self-obsession. God is you and everyone else. If you are made of all that there is, and yet you are separate it seems, can't you just live into the mystery in a pair of old ripped jeans? Stop trying to play God, and just be.
0: Just a quick disclaimer. Kate, in her poem, she chose to use the word God as a representation of the divine. At Fem South, we welcome and encourage all ways of describing one's relationship to spirit. God, goddess, divine, mystery, Allah, Yahweh, the great mystery or cosmos, When we use these words, especially in forms of art and poetry, we maintain a broad and inclusive stance for all spiritual, indigenous, and religious practices. I am here with Kate. Kate is also a member of our book club here in Fairhope, and she's here today to talk to me about her favorite chapter, Chapter 7, Joyous Body, The Wild Flesh. Yes. And chapter seven is really all about enjoying the body, accepting the body, loving the body, realizing that the body serves a very important purpose. And everybody has a different body type. No one person is the same and that's beautiful and we should embrace it and love that. And in this chapter, she tells the story of Mary Posa, the butterfly woman. And this story is really about a... Gathering in a during a Native American ceremony where tourists have paid a ticket to see the dancing butterfly woman. And it's really about their anticipation in waiting for this woman to come out. And when she does come out, them being shocked about her size and her age because she is a large woman. She's not a traditional slender woman that one would expect to see doing a dance such as the one that she's doing. She's also very old and, you know, when she comes out, she's kind of clumsy. She's late. I mean, she just doesn't fit any of the stereotypes that they have for her. But as soon as the music begins and she starts to dance, she embodies everything that the dance embodies because she is and she's doing a dance in celebration of the Mother Earth and rebirth and creation and all that the body contains. And so it's a really beautiful story. So Kate, why did you like this one?
3: I chose joyous body, the wild flesh, because I'm personally on a journey of embodying myself. And so this story really spoke to me, because it's all about bodies and feminism and how we are in our bodies, the judgments that we have of ourselves. I really enjoyed the introduction to this paragraph. The author talks about wolves as a comparison to women, the way that we're treated. And I'd like to just read the first paragraph. Yeah, that'd be great. I've been taken with the way that wolves hit their bodies together when they run and play. The old wolves in their way, the young ones in theirs. The skinny ones, the fat ones, the long-legged and the lop-tailed the floppy-eared, and the one whose broken limbs healed crookedly. They all have their own body configurations and strengths, their own beauty. They live and play according to what and who and how they are. They do not try to be what they are not.
0: Can you speak a little bit about your journey then with your body and how maybe it's connected to this story?
3: So one of the things that I'm learning in yoga is how to... Feel into the body. I think that's sort of one of the really essential points of doing yoga. And just so walking with feet on the ground, walking with your hands as an extension of your heart, living an embodied lifestyle. And in my own journey, this is something I'm recently just coming into, and yoga has been my pathway to being able to do that. And I think it relates to being willing to be yourself. And be confident in who you are. It can be so easy to look to someone else and be like them. And so I am learning to
0: walk my own path and do so proudly. So let's come back to the story for just a second then and and make the connection. One One of the ideas that she talks about in the very beginning of this chapter is this notion of a single idea of beauty. So one of the challenges that you're facing is not comparing yourself with others and I think mm-hmm. this is a challenge that many women can relate to because we all have this single idea of beauty mm-hmm. collectively the culture of course especially southern culture so recognizing that there are, first of all that there are multiple types of beauty but what she really talks about beyond just recognizing that that there are different types of beauties or that there are different body types but really being comfortable with your body and recognizing the power that your body holds.
3: Absolutely, that it's your vehicle for being. And I love in this story, discussing the importance of feeling versus judging. Feeling and function, focusing on those things is in essence, living an embodied life. You cannot try to live outside of yourself and watch yourself and judge yourself. But I think a lot of us do that. Like, oh, am I if am I fitting into the status quo in this moment, um, and just really letting go of that and just feeling and being,
0: yeah. And she says it's important to be able to feel a wide spectrum of feelings in your body, and is your body connected with those feelings? Are you cut off in certain places from those feelings, and that your body, the sensory perceptions that your body has that it contains, being able to really feel the world around us is important. And I think if we're judging ourselves, then we're cutting ourselves off from that basic feeling. I mean, we're living in the head. Yeah, we're living in the head and the outside world and we're not turning inward. That's a real challenge though. So how has that challenge been going for you? Like what are some of the practical things that you've been doing? Um, Yoga and
3: meditation every day has really been the key for me because it's just a practice of coming back. And then also just stripping away everything that isn't me. So, you know, I, I chopped my hair off, uh, what day before yesterday, you know, just making even some physical changes that make me feel and recognize the person that I see in the mirror has been positive. So yes, yoga and meditation every day, and then just returning to philosophies, like what I'm reading about in yoga, and then also feminism. And this book was, this particular chapter has been really impactful for me, um, even just to connect my experience with every other woman's experience, that we're, we're all sort of walking a very similar path. And many people are struggling with similar things.
0: Yeah, you know, the outward beauty that our culture seems to want us to conform to, never sees our bodies as a fully functional Mm -hmm. entity and it never sees like what each part of our body is supposed to be doing. And what I really loved about the Mariposa story that she tells in this chapter, the woman, the dancing butterfly woman, Mm -hmm. tourists come from all over to see this dancing woman and they're surprised, at least maybe the outsiders are surprised to see that this Butterfly woman is very large mm-hmm. and very old mm-hmm. and very free in that largeness and in that in that old age that she's unrestrained and unapologetic and I really love her as a representation of what the body is supposed to be doing and what the mm-hmm. body is capable of doing and that she says well the body is her body is big because her body has to contain so much mm-hmm. it's it's it should be large when you think about what her role is in the culture as a metaphor for bringing new life into the world, right? Absolutely. She's, um
3: represents liberation. And um, I love in the story, they talk about the people were looking at her, like you were saying, they're shocked to see that this was the butterfly woman. And yet the way she danced and shook and moved was incredible and captivating.
0: Yeah. And also, she not only contained the life giving force within her own self, but the life giving force of the whole world. Mm. And I just love the idea of the female body as a container for that idea of life for the whole world. Because we have a creative force. Our bodies are creative. It's, they are nurturing, Mm. whether someone chooses to be a mother or not. You have the ability to create life. Yeah. It's
3: amazing.
0: Yeah. And oftentimes women turn away from that because that doesn't necessarily look beautiful on the outside, at least according to cultural standards, Mm -hmm. you know, Big breasts that are uh, leaking with milk isn't something that's (laughs) usually very attractive or put out there in a magazine. But even afterwards, even what happens to the body after it's nurtured a child, it's breastfed for two or three years or whatever. I mean, what Mm -hmm. the body looks like afterwards isn't traditionally beautiful. And so women oftentimes want to hide that part of themselves.
3: And yet, that is the essential function of being. I don't want people to think that I'm saying that if you don't have children, that you're not fulfilling your purpose. But for people who do choose to have children and then have low breast and maybe a, a belly, a little bit of a belly or stretch marks, I mean, that is true beauty. That is, it is going very deep into these things, whether it's physically or mentally that strengthen us as human beings. So something like a stretch mark, like, wow, what a mark of strength.
0: Yeah, that's what I tell my kids whenever they play with my loose skin from being pregnant. They're always like, "Mommy, what is this?" And I tell them, "Well, this is this is you. This is evidence that mm-hmm. I birthed you. That I gave life to you. I'm proud of this." Yeah, I was your little home. Bit of extra skin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: I'm just so proud to be a part of a group that is banding together to fight stereotypes types yeah. like that, because we're just fighting what's fake. That's. Yeah bananas to think that um, we should all look the same way or act the same way, even though I have fallen into that trap um, and had a a variety of experiences based on those falsehoods. But it's a real gift to be liberated and to seek this
0: information. And the work that you're probably doing in your yoga teacher training is the kind of work that hopefully a lot of women get to do so that they can start to be more assured of their bodies. But also another concept that she talks about in the story that I wanted to touch on is the idea that the body is a self-healing mechanism in and of itself, Mm. that it has, our bodies have intuition, they have the power to heal, they have Mm. the power to guide us. They have all of these amazing things that we look outside of our bodies for Absolutely. and not inward mm-hmm. for. And I really, that's one of the points in this story that really spoke to me. That's why meditation is so difficult
3: because you are literally listening to yourself. And it's like, are you brave enough to to hear and to respond what your body, your mind, and your spirit is communicating to you? I mean, that takes a lot of bravery just quote a little angel curtain here the wisdom to look and the courage to see i mean wow what a what a journey that is
0: yeah i like your point about it being taking courage but i think it also takes patience to to really uncover slowly your body because we've spent so many years hiding being angry judging suppressing that whenever we do decide Through meditation, through yoga, to look inward, to really look Mm -hmm. inward, and I'm speaking from my own personal experience. It's, it's hot. It's difficult, and it takes a lot of patience. It's, it's time consuming. Yes. It's easier to just go buy a new outfit and make yourself feel better that way than it is to spend any time during the day. Doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be hours, but any time during the day, the day, looking inward. I mean, I've gone through moments in my life where I've spent a lot of time meditating and then I've either not liked what I've seen, gotten bored or decided it was too much trouble and then did something else and then came back to it. Like there's a cycle there, Mm -hmm. which she actually talks a lot about cycles in this chapter as well. And I like the idea that we cycle through these emotions Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Growth
3: by degrees. That's hard for me because, I mean, I just want everything to happen quick. I just want to like be amazing in 30 seconds, you know, (laughs) and that's really what our culture sells us fast diets, anything, you know, it's not a slow process of building self esteem and, you know, healthy friends and these very basic fundamental things we all need. It's just it's a quick fix. It's a pill. It's something,
0: again, outside of ourselves and that you can see results Mm -hmm. dieting in the body. And that's addictive. Yeah, it is Mm -hmm. addictive. It's true you know, because we need to do, at least for me, I need to do exercises that make me feel good. Oh, absolutely. At the end of the day, why have a good body if you don't feel good in your body? Mm -hmm.
3: If you're self-loathing and beautiful.
0: Yeah, there's no point. Mm -mm.
3: I definitely relate to that. And that's, it's interesting because in my yogic journey, I was very resistant and sort of angry at the beginning of it. Like, not wanting to be in my body or listen to the messages it was sending me or even just like feeling parts of my body. I hadn't felt, you know, in a long time, we get so cut off. And so it's interesting how I I really approached it in this way that was results oriented. And then throughout the process, it's just been like having to put down um, different falsehoods, like, oh, wait, no, actually, that doesn't work. And that's like anti what I'm doing over and over and over again can you give any specific example of what you mean by putting down falsehoods maybe just wanting to absorb the information really quickly like zero to superstar you know and one of the things i've realized that i've done is i'll throw myself into the deep end and then work
0: backwards do you I elaborate? Mean, what do you mean by throwing yourself into the deep end
3: I mean, like, this is actually a joke in my teacher training, but like, I've flown around the planet, but I've never been to Texas, that kind of thing, like, um, going to Bali, but I've never been to New Mexico, really, you know, going to the extent of depth that you can into an experience or even in meditation, I've had these very trippy meditations before that made me feel very expansive and um, be here now, but okay, but I'm not grounded. All right, well, now grounding is even harder because I know how to get high as a kite, you know, naturally. So <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's just in a lot of ways I, I have lived that way. Um, and actually this morning in Augusta's class, I got the the baby goldfish and for doing five Monday morning classes. And um, anyway, I was just thinking about how much of a baby goldfish I am. What is a baby
0: goldfish?
3: <laughs> I don't know. It's just is. she gives everybody diff- different little animals and she'll she loves giving like rocks and charms and just these different beautiful little reminders of where you are in your path. And um, so this was my first one for accomplishing five classes on Monday mornings. But really um, owning that beginner mindset, which is ultimately receptive and hardworking and discerning and grounded is really what I'm working on.
0: Yeah, I see what
3: you're saying. Like being a really good baby goldfish before you're like a, you know, a shark or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just laying
0: foundations. Yeah, that's hard. Again, that you have to humble yourself and lower your expectations for yourself. And you have to to have faith too,
3: you know, just that. If you work hard, like maybe not your ideal, you know, maybe you can't control what will happen, but that wonderful things will happen and that they're always happening and being open to seeing that and really being in my body has allowed me to see the positive things around me. And that's and and that's why I love this story. That's really why I love it. It's just about truth and it's about ownership and pride and self-love, self-respect, regardless of what you're coming with or what it looks like or you know, how you dance or, you know, whatever.
0: Dancing too. Dancing has been, you're part of our conscious dance group. Mm -hmm. So dancing in the conscious dance group has also been an experience in being okay with not only your body, physically your body, but also how the body moves through space and being okay with whatever that looks like and that may be pretty or not pretty and it we talk all the time about who are you dancing for are you dancing for yourself are you dancing Mm. for other people in the room are you dancing to be um attractive and it took me a while I don't know if you had this experience but it took me a while to realize that I probably for was dancing for other people even though I tell myself I'm dancing for myself because it wasn't until we did a dance where we put blindfolds on, and I don't think you were there for oh, the that. the contact improv. I missed that. I didn't go to the contact improv. Mm, I missed okay. that. But, I got, but we had the blindfolds in the dance oh, after cool. uh, contact improv. And maybe I would have felt differently had I started doing contact improv with the blindfolds. But I just came into class and put the blindfolds on while I was dancing. <laughs> and as soon as I put the blindfold on, I immediately had to ask myself or... Why am I even dancing in the first place? Like, what is this movement that I'm Mm. doing? Because Mm. I was having to turn so inward and be so aware of my body just like as a thing in space so that I don't bump into somebody else. Right. It made me immediately think most of my movements that I've been doing have really been for other people. And I'm not even really sure what dancing only for myself looks like. I think it might look like stillness. And so I ended up just standing still for a long time. Because there's something in stillness as well, you know, like Mm. we think that we have to be in motion in order to project, but there's something also in the stillness. That was a real awakening for me. In fact, that dance was really difficult for me after I put the blindfolds on and had that epiphany. I had a really hard time getting back into the dancing. So I just went over and sat, which I never do, which I went over and sat for a while and then played the drums and got back into Mm -hmm. it through music, through the rhythm of drumming. I feel like when I drum, I'm still not drumming for other people. I'm drumming for myself in a way that's different from when I'm dancing. So right. it's like more drumming for me is even more authentic. I could see that because
3: it's something outside of you that you're you're making a, a creation,
0: not being the creation. doesn't have to be pretty mm-hmm. or anything like that. I could just go sit in a corner and dance so long as my rhythm is pleasing to the ear, yeah. which is a
3: different sensory experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love to sing and I... I had this nice kind of metaphor come up. I'm learning to harmonize because when I sing, I automatically want to match exactly how the other person sounds. I may also want to match their mannerisms. I may also want to match their southern accent, you know? It's just an ungrounded kind of way to move through the world. And I think it's also um kind of indicative of people who are empaths or very sensitive. I think of it as like learning to harmonize, you know, you stay with you and then everyone else is, they're maybe singing the same or similar rhythms, but you stay grounded in you. And then it makes a beautiful song. Um, you don't need two voices that are necessarily
0: the same. Yeah, that's interesting. I do that, too. I look at other people and I want to imitate. I mm-hmm. want to, in, in dancing, I see somebody doing mm-hmm. something that I like. I'm like, oh, I want to do that dance. Well, and it's natural. Too. And well, and also sometimes, though, you get stuck in your own So it's nice to look at other people and at least get ideas Mm -hmm. from them and integrate that into your being as well. So that's a part of sharing ourselves with other people. But I can see like with voice, being Mm -hmm. comfortable with your voice and seeing Mm -hmm. how your voice is important in the larger picture, the larger vocals. Holding your difference. Yeah, holding your difference. Mm -hmm. That's nice. I like that. Well, thank you, Kate, for talking about your favorite story with us. You brought up some really great points. Yeah,
3: thank you, Lee, for having me into the studio. This has been really, really awesome and a great thing to think about in
0: my own journey. So I appreciate it. That concludes part two of our episode on Women Who Run With the Wolves. Next week, we're going to have our third part, the final part. We're going to have two more guests and I promise two more creative people reading their poems. I'm going to read my poem. So I hope that you come back and join us again. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Visit our website at fimsouth.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at fimsouth and Facebook at fimsouth. You can sign up for our newsletter to receive updates on our podcast released and our blogs and anything else we're doing. Please leave us comments, rate us, support us, love us. Until next time, you're on Femme South.